But uh, we're going back to relate this week. And, um, you know, at 22 years of age, I stumbled into family life and got, and, 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 um, got saved and, and got discipled. I was raised, uh, I wasn't raised in a Christian home, so I didn't know all the ins and outs about relationships. But being under the tutelage of Brother Francis and Miss Babs, I have learned much of what I know about relationships through them and their lives. Not just what they taught, but what they modeled. You know, sometimes we need models, we need, we need pictures, we need a, 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 some, a, a this is how it works kind of thing. Amen? And so, um, talking to Brother Francis, he was not sure whether his voice would allow him to be able to preach through a whole service <laughs> or two services. So we decided we're going to do a Q&A with him and Miss Babs. Uh, I asked them a while ago, you know, how long they've been married. And they've been married so long, they couldn't remember how long they've been married. No. Amen? So listen, why don't you just help me welcome Brother Francis and Miss Babs as they come. My thrill. Now, we, we uh, wasn't sure whether for Brother Friends to have a chair, have a pulpit, or, you know, as a preacher, it's hard to sit down and preach, you know. And so, um, but um, we, uh, we, we thought we would just interview Brother Francis and Miss Babs, who, who have been married. Um, they're actually in their 58th year. Been married 57 years. And 58. It's better than ever. And he says it's better than ever. But, um, you know, I asked them to just maybe share some thoughts on relationships, marriage. And uh, we have a website set up called lovegrowreach.net. In fact, you, if you have your phone or your iPad or whatever, you can go to that website right now and you can actually ask a question. And we've had some questions that have come in this past week. And Pastor Brandon is going to be taking any questions that come in now. But it's going to be anonymous questions. And uh, so we won't know who's asking the question uh, for the confidentiality. But you can just right now, as they begin speaking, just ask questions. And what we ask them to do is after we're done today, we'll keep this website up. And by the way, there's resources up there as well. But um, uh, we, I asked them if they would just continue to answer some of these questions uh, for a little while, maybe you know, a few weeks or whatever. So those of you that want to, you can just go back to that website and just get their response. It's hard to just in one block of time answer all those questions. Amen? 
So, Brother Francis, would you like to begin by just sharing some opening thoughts, or do you want to just get right into the uh, question and answers? Well, we're going to be talking about communication, okay. intimate communication. Yes, sir. And there's so many facets to that, we, we don't know where to start. So I'll just start. Okay. Why don't you just communicate some communication thoughts? We'll find a bunch. Let, let me uh, let me fix here. Testing one, two, three, four. We'll find a bunch. I'm hard of hearing because I worked in a factory for about 10 years. And she goes around the house talking to herself. <laughs> so I'm forever saying, oh, what you say? You? I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> but I hear mumbling. But I, I, so I got to answer it. It might be something important. So we're working just as hard as, uh, at it as you are. The couple went into this um, counseling session with a counselor, and he started with the wife. And he said, well, do you have any grounds? She said, we have about three and a half acres. <laughs> no, I, I mean, do you have a grudge? No, we got a carport. <laughs> Does your husband ever beat you up? No, I get up for, before him all the time. Now, what is your problem in your marriage? Communication. <laughs> this one gets a little raunchy. This was from my couple's class. His wife says, this place is a mess. Come on, you and I need to clean it up. Your stuff is lying all over the floor, and you have no clothes to wear if we don't do this laundry right now. That's what she said. What did he hear? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Come on. Blah, blah, blah. You and I. Blah, blah, blah. On the floor. Blah, blah, blah. No clothes. Blah, blah, blah. Right now. You, you think they have a communication problem? Oh, man. Do something. Uh, do something. Follow that? <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk. Let's, since, since you brought up the topic of communication, you know, how many people, how many in here are married? Let me see your hands. Yeah, there's a lot of married people in here. One of the, one of the biggest challenges of marriage is communication. Right. Just what, what we laughed about is a reality. That's right. In, in a lot of marriages, we, we mean to communicate properly, but we just struggle to do so. Obviously, y'all have had 57 plus years to work on it. What is some keys to, to good communication in a, in a marriage? Okay, let me give an intro. I want, I want her to speak on First Peter 3. <laughs> Here's communication right here. See it? 
I told you. <laughs> no, um, but you didn't tell me we. <laughs> I'm telling uh, you. Know. Okay, let's go to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I forgot where I was. <laughs> yeah, I forgot what I was going to do. Yeah, okay. This is a thought I wanted to give you. Most of our letters, maybe 99% of them, are from who? You guess. The wife or the husband? All the time. He's supposed to be the leader. She's supposed to look to him for leadership. And then she goes to the clergy. She goes to the, her, her friends. She goes to everybody else, aunts and uncles. Why won't she go to her husband? There's no communication. Absolutely. And these questions you find, they're from the lady most of the time. I wanted Babs to speak on this a little bit because I'm not putting all the responsibility on the lady. I'm giving her an out as to what to do. The Bible has given her a plan. I want my wife to speak to that because she understands it so well. Um, which question am I answering? Number am one. I answering any? <laughs> Number one. Uh, what do you do when your husband don't want to teach our children the godly ways? And uh, she really needs help with the children because she says uh, they they got saved after their children were big. So That's the same thing that's happened with the people that were writing to Peter. Yes. So 1 Peter uh, 3.1 says, Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any... Obey not the word, they can also without the word be won by your conversation while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair and of wearing of gold or putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit which is in the sight of God of great price. Uh, I like what Peter says here about the uh, meek and the quiet spirit. It, meekness is humility, and the quietness of spirit is just uh, a tranquility that the wife has. She knows who she is in Christ. And it, uh, I looked it up one time in a, in a concordance, and it said it like this. It's a tranquility within, rising up, coming out, and causing harm to no one. It does not disturb anyone around it. Because of the peacefulness of the wife, and she knows who she is, she can minister to anyone who is around her. They will be ministered to without her even saying a word. And uh, Peter says, if the wife will subject herself to her husband, even though he does not obey the word, he can, even without the word, be won by just beholding her conversation or her conduct, the way she conducts herself. It doesn't mean that she... Um, can't speak, but it does mean that she has to have a knowledge that when she does speak, she's speaking from uh, from the Word of God or from her spirit and not from up here and just off the top of her head. So the man can be one, even though a Christian sometimes, a, a Christian man, uh, 
will not obey the word. And his wife gets upset because, like this woman, who says he won't uh, speak to the children and give them godly ways. Well, if he doesn't do that, well, then you do it. Then the responsibility, I would not, if my husband would not teach my children right from wrong, you bet I'd get in there and teach them right from wrong. I'm not going to let them just go their own way because he doesn't want to do it. But I would do it in a spirit of meekness and, and a tranquility. I would not do it out of spite or, or whatever, but to train our children in, in godly ways. And in time, if he can behold the pure and the chaste conversation of the conduct of the wife, then he in time will come, I think, uh, because Peter says they can be one without the word as he beholds her conversation and her purity. It will bring conviction on him, and then he will rise to the occasion. Amen. Where we started on this, in our personal life, where we started on this, I was lost like a goose in high weeds. And she had become a Christian at nine years old. And at 18, we eloped, not knowing the confusion we'd get into from two beliefs. You got some beard. Oh, you don't need to hear my beard. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Where was I? So, so we had children. We had three children. And then I'm asking questions about what I should do with my belief system. I was 23 years old. And she had gotten her life close to the Lord, and she was reading the Bible every night, a daily Bible reading. I said, let me read that. And she handed it to me. She um, pointed out a scripture. I read it from Isaiah 1, and it spoke to me about the questions I had. But before that, about um, two or three months before that, on New Year's Eve, she had made a new commitment to the Lord. We used to go out juking and dancing and all kind of stuff. And she came home after that New Year's service and she said, I'm going to serve the Lord. I've committed my life back to him. And you can do what you want. You can go juking, chasing women, everything you want to do. But as for me... I'm going to serve the Lord. I won't be going with you. The old boy. <laughs> what a break. <laughs> but she was all nice about it, and she continued going to church and changing her demeanor. Holiness is something that will protect the wife better than anything else. A holy life. And I saw that, and I started reading the scripture with her. She didn't ask me to. She just had it open. But soon I was getting dressed with her on Sunday morning and going to church because I knew that the pastor was preaching out of the Bible. And I couldn't hardly wait till, till the next service to hear the word of God preached. What did she do? Nothing, she just laid low. 
and the promise of that Peter gives us will come to pass if you believe it. But if you try to straighten your husband out, all I can tell you is good luck. <laughs> because it, can, it cannot be done. He has to have his own convictions. And she had decided early in, um, in her teenage life, or later in her teenage life, she would never marry a preacher. <laughs> I had decided in my own heart never to be a preacher. <laughs> so, so we didn't have a chance. But God, but the Holy Spirit, had something to work through. What was it he had to work through? She was the channel. Obeying the word of God, doing her business, taking care of the three little girls. And it reached me. And I don't know how it did, but it did. I had some friends that told me... Uh, because he would drink beer. He loved his beer. And they would tell me, uh, Babs, you need to get that out of your house uh, because, you know, you got those three little girls and they shouldn't be seeing that, you know. And so I, I thought about it and I said, well, he pays the rent. Uh, I don't bring in the finances. It's his house. I said, no, he can keep his beer in the refrigerator. I don't care if my girls see it. I can If they ask, I can explain to them what it is. But I said, he pays the rent here. It can stay. And they all was saying, oh, no, 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 no. You can't do that. You're a Christian and blah, 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 blah. I said, no, no. He can have his beer. You'll get rid of it someday. That answers Thank number one. Mom. There's a lot to this. Uh, we're not saying. In verse 7 of First Peter 3, it talks to the husband. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them, dwell with your wife, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as heirs together of the grace of God, that your prayers be not hindered. But the wife says, I'm free. I don't have to submit to my husband. Um, the husband don't know what to do. But this scripture tells him to get knowledge and to treat his wife nicely as a man. See, the world believes in ma machoism. Men have an acute ego, and they don't know what to do with it. So we follow machoism. We go to the gym, work, and build, build muscles, play ball, hit the ball over the fence, and everything else. Me, macho, me man. He don't know what he is. But masculinity is something else. Masculinity is a real thing. And it's measured 
in how a man treats the weaker around him, particularly his wife and his children, other men, other women. He has his humility about him, masculinity. He knows he's a man, and he can step in and help any time. Masculinity is that feeling. Listen to me, men. It's that knowing within ourselves that if I see a weak weakling in trouble, my responsibility is to step in and help that person. I got that on me. Let me help. What can a macho guy do? He don't know what to do. Me macho. What you going to do with that macho? Men, we have to learn as much as the ladies what our place is. Treating her as the weaker vessel. And she said, I'm not weak. We know that. but we're going to treat you like we... See, you teach this in your homes all the time. When a little sister comes in crying, what's wrong, baby? Big brother knocked me down. He took my candy and stuff like that. Oh, I got a message for big brother. Now, what do you do? You have a little meeting with big brother, huh? And what do you tell big brother? You have to take care of your little sister. You have to protect your little sister. You teach masculinity. Why don't you live it? That's the only difference. Next question. Amen. <laughs> I think we need to have prayer now. <laughs> Okay, let's uh, let's look at the second question. With the many years you and Miss Babs have been married, how does your love for one another look different now than in, in the beginning? God looked at Adam and he said he needs help. <laughs> he wasn't alone. He was he was weak. He was alone alone in strength. So he made a help meet for him, perfect to meet all of his needs and to go alongside of him, to strengthen him. He couldn't do it by himself. Our marriage, how does it differ from her trying to run out the door to end the end divorce? Me blocking the door so she couldn't get out. <laughs> She wanted to beat me up so bad, I'd hold her head like that. And she was... Never could hit him. She was red-headed and freckle-faced. And all the attitude that came with it. I really did think that I could whoop him. <laughs> and I weighed less when I married him that I do now. I weighed 98 pounds, so you can imagine. He was tall and thin, and he made me mad, so I said, well, I'll just leave. 
And he said, you're not going nowhere. I said, oh, yes, I am. And I go to the door, and he just put his, you, you saw them big old hands cover my whole face? <laughs> he put that big old hand on me, and I was trying to hit him in the stomach. Never could, my, them short arms never could reach him. <laughs> the richness of our love for one another is different than that. Yes. Through the 57 years, we learn to appreciate each other for what we are, what we do, what we say. And at this age right now, I don't only love her more than I ever did. I appreciate her more than I ever did. Final thing, I need her more than I ever did. Mm. Mm. I've seen people uh, in the, our age group, they lost their mate and they got a new mate. That's fine. But they don't have a relationship. They don't have a communi- communication. They have an old, the wife has an old man she not, needs to nurse or vice versa. And they don't like it because they don't have a relationship. But Bev's, she tends to all my needs. She goes to the doctor with me. She patches my head up when they cut on me. She's right there listening because I can't hear very good. How do you feel about that? I love doing it. Here you go. I love taking care of my husband. He deserves it. He's served me well all these years, and he's. I have an advantage. (laughs) The advantage is I have an orphan. When I saw her the first time, I saw I thought she's some little kid, about thirteen years old. She was nineteen and a half. And she was flirting with me. I I saw him in the butcher shop. My cousin and I went in there and I saw him sitting on the stool behind the meat counter and walked up there to purchase some meat. And the little guy comes up and he says, can I help you? I said, yeah. How much is that ham sitting on that stool over there? (laughs) And he says... Oh, he's not for sale, but I am. I said, no, I don't want you. I want that ham sitting on that stool over there. So he said, well, he's taken. I said, oh, is he married? He said, oh, no, he's not married. I said, well, he ain't married. He ain't dead. (laughs) All's fair in love and war. (laughs) And the rest is history. Yeah. We found out later that she knew I was going to be her husband. She knew it by a, a act of the spirit in her that could speak that day, to her. That very day. She, that very day, I knew it. Uh, I told my cousin that was with me when we walked out of the store, I said, you saw, you saw that boy I was flirting with? Yeah, he's cute. I said, I'm going to marry him. And she said, oh, you don't even know that boy. I said, but you just wait. 
and I was engaged to be married. So I went back to the house, took the ring off, and settled the matter with the boy. Dear John. And <laughs> Dear John, I sent your ring home. But we learn throughout our life, this was God's will for me. We don't recommend that anybody marry a lost boy. But she did over and above the knowledge by the, uh, by the Spirit in her. And since she's an orphan, God has challenged me to take care of her. And when I read the scripture about taking care of orphans, Oh, I got one. As long as I'm good to her, my father-in-law is good to me. I'm talking about God. What else? What question did we just answer? I don't know. Number two. Let's let's drop down to number um, number six. We're still on the subject of marriage. My marriage partner rarely pitches in with household chores and I feel left carrying the bigger load. What's the best way to approach this? Will you read that? Number six. Okay. That could open up a can of worms. Say that, say that oh, again. I got a bottom line answer for say you. That, again. that could open up a can of worms. <laughs> on household chores? I have my idea on that one. On household chores, that must mean inside the house. I got a simple solution. He takes care of everything outside the house. And she takes care of everything inside the house. He don't bother hers and she don't bother his. If you want your husband to help you with the dishes, you have to teach him how to use the dishwasher. I don't know how. And I don't want him to know how either. I'm helpless. <laughs> Taking out the garbage, doing the grass, doing the flowers, doing the vegetables. And we get along that way. If somebody comes in my house and I'm into my garage and moves something 12 inches, I can't find it. <laughs> Because I know where everything's at. Same thing with her kitchen. Me messing with hers and her, she messing with her. There's a, there's a thing of working. Is the wife working outside the house? Then it confuses things and it um, makes a different story. Because when she comes in, he comes in, Who's going to cook? Who's going to clean? Who's going to take care of the babies? You got a lot of issues to settle. It's not going to go by rules. It's going to be by two people who love each other and are communicating. That's what we spend our life doing. I never, I never thought about. Um him doing any housework. It never crossed my mind when I was raising, when we were raising our children. Uh, 
I did everything. I did all the cooking, cleaning, taking care of the babies. And when he came home, he worked long hours. And he was tired when he'd come home and go sit in his chair and I'd bring him his coffee. I ne it never crossed my mind that he should be up here helping me. I don't know if it was just... Now I'll tell you how it happened. How it happened. I started helping you with the dishes. Oh, and you did it wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> after supper, after, after supper, I went and sat in my easy chair. And she said, oh, we didn't do the dishes yet. We didn't do the dishes yet. Flash. I don't do dishes anymore. And I never did. That's how I got settled. Oh, yeah, because you, you started helping me. Yeah, you got used yeah. to it. Yeah. That's true. But he did do it wrong. <laughs> That's why I don't want him in my kitchen. I don't want him doing laundry. Because <laughs> he don't know how to do the... He don't even know how to turn the, the washer on. He'd probably wind up breaking it. <laughs> so, leave that alone. That's settled. <laughs> How about number seven, Tom? Go right ahead. You want me to read it? Yeah. My wife always wants her way and rarely, rarely considers my opinion. How would you recommend we get through this frustrating hurdle? That's a long story. But you need to have some conversations with your wife. I don't blame her for having opinions. Everybody have to have to have opinions. But there's some hidden things that we don't know about that we don't discover. One of them is early childhood memories. Um, everybody reverts to their early childhood memories every day from making decisions about everything. Everything. If you dis discover it in your life, you find the smells, the food, the house, everything you do is connected to your early childhood memories. So I suggest you, you sit your wife down, guys. And say, let's talk about when you were a child. Tell me about your room. Tell me about your pets. Tell me about what you like, dislike. And you keep interviewing her in a safe environment and learn of her thinking as a small child. It hasn't changed. You'll understand her opinions better and more often. And I'm a firm believer in the birth order book. If you want to make an investment, buy one. The birth order book. It tells you about the firstborn, secondborn, thirdborn, and how they repeat themselves. The firstborn is a high achiever, wants everything in its place. You walk on an air, airplane, a big airplane, 
and everybody in the cockpit are firstborn because they love it, compartmentalizing every, their work. The secondborn is a competitor. This person thinks everybody's against her. She's always trying to compete with number one. The camera broke when she got born. Every, every time she wants to give a, or he wants to give a picture of themselves to somebody, they have to cut off somebody. Firstborn is by herself or by himself. Secondborn is on the competition. The thirdborn has to find a way to get attention. So they, bec they become a clown to get laughs. Where are you? You make a study of this through the book and you find out why your wife is reacting the way she is. And you can find out why you react how you do by the birth order and by early childhood memories. That's just a short advertisement, but um, it won't be frustrating anymore. We had a little thing in 1975 when we were trying to get going in, in the ministry. And um, there comes a time in your life you have silent treatments. You ever had a silent treatment? You know what it is. Resistance. And who's going to talk first? Not me. And we would stay for days without talking to each other, in the, living in the same house. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. You, you want to know how to resist the devil? Look at what you're doing to your partner, how you resist in them. You're laying in the bed and the foot of the other person, person touches your foot. What happens? <laughs> the covers are flying everything no words but the atmosphere is thick and you live like that for two or three days wow a silent treatment that's really resistance how you resist the devil when the devil comes to pick on you resist him the way you resist your, your partner Want to say something else about that? Oh, that's where I was going. One day, uh, we we decided I was studying the, the um, word humility, how it should work in our life compared to pride. So we decided to humble ourselves before each other and live a humble life for you, not to have any of these three days silent treatment anymore. And we decided to do that. And we, no strife in the house. But she got the first test. Always. <laughs> yeah, you, Peter. 
So a friend was coming into town to preach. His name was Clarence Dalrymple. And he liked crawfish. And I'd take him to Sweats in Brobridge for some etouffee. And I told him what we were doing. He's coming in about noon, one o'clock. I was going to take him and get some crawfish. She said, well, call me if it's after, if it's before two or something like that. I want to go with y'all. I say, all right. But it was after two, so I didn't call her. Went to Schwetz, got the crawfish, enjoyed it, came on back, walked in the house. She said, where you been? I told her, well, I wanted to go with you. I said, well, you told me if it was after two, don't call. I did. But I wanted to go. I said, I didn't know, babe. And she was cutting up some little onions and parsley on the, on the counter. She said, but I wanted to go. I started laughing. Wrong mood. <laughs> really got mad. We knew this was the first test of humility. She didn't want to be humble. She wanted to start this thing as a silent treatment. Uh, I, I told him, I said, just get out of here. I'd just rather be mad. So he went into the back, and and I knew he was right. And I was just... I grabbed the counter, and I bent over the counter, and I said, Oh, Jesus. I said, I know I made that commitment that I would not have any strife. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and I just started praying and, and just asking God to give me the, the humility that I needed to submit and to admit that, that I was wrong because I thought he was wrong. And it, it took, a, took a, quite a while. I looked at my knuckles and they were plum white. I was grabbing on that counter so so tight. And I just kept praying and all of a sudden I started praying in the spirit. And as I began to pray in the spirit, it was like just a peace came over me. And I was able to go and tell him that I was wrong. And I asked you to forgive me because I did make that commitment with you that we would not allow strife into our home. And we have and we have kept that commitment to one another that whenever we see it even trying to creep in no 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 devil we see you and we see what you're trying to do and if you will make that commitment with one another and truly mean it in your heart one of you is going to get a test let me tell you probably be the wife always is but if you'll make that commitment and really mean it in your heart it will end the strife in your home, I promise you. And, and with other people, too. And with other people, too, yes. Hmm. Todd, yes, sir. this didn't go too good as far as I'm concerned. The back and forth, I, I couldn't get grounded in, in it. How did it sound? I thought it went very well. <laughs> we'll do it again. We have, we have about nine minutes left. I thought maybe it would be a good time to uh, kind of turn the corner um, considering the September song. Yeah. And obviously, you know, now that you've been married 57 years, as you can tell, 
It's not that their relationship didn't have challenges. We've just heard them share all their challenges along the way. Sounds like, how many, it sounded just like y'all marriage. Yeah, didn't that sound like y'all marriage? It sounded like ours too. You know, it's the challenges along the way. But, but you know, along the way, y'all had a choice to stay in the marriage or jump out. You know, and obviously you chose not to jump out. Right. So now, 57 years later, you're sitting where you're sitting. Um, you know, encourage us here today uh, about the value of sticking with it yeah. and making your marriage work. The, trial, the, the things that we go through as couples, if you look at them as opportunities, an opportunity to grow, to grow in the Lord and to grow in your faith. Uh, sometimes we look at them, uh, I think, in the wrong light because challenges are to make us a better person. And if we look at it like that, then we can change. But if you don't, if you if you hold the grudge against the other person, you will never be able to make that change in your life and in your heart. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to become like him, to become more Christ-like in our walk and with each other. And I love this man more than... Said. <laughs> I love this man more than, than the day that I first met him. When I first met him, I just fell in love with him. But it's a different uh, type of love that I have for him. I love serving him. I'd do anything in the world for that man. She creates things. She creates situations where she can bless me. And without me asking, she'll find out how, and she does it. I have a song to end with. It's called the September Song. It's an old song I knew all my life, but I didn't pay much attention to it. But one day coming home from hunting, I was playing it in the truck and listening to the words. And it actually is a commitment to stay with your spouse forever. I forgot to tell you, find out what, which month you're in by dividing your age by eight. If you in September or August or June, when you get into September, you're getting into the later years. Oh, it's a long, long while From May to December The days grow short When you reach September When the autumn weather Turns the leaves to flame Hasn't got time for the waiting game. She's still my dancing partner. Oh, the days dwindle down to a precious few. Here it comes. September. 
last days I'll spend with you this commitment these precious days I'll spend with you Doug, do you have that chart to throw up there? Your marriage, you're either in the spring or your age. Depends where you are. But as you get older, you get to the... We're in October. In October. You get to the winter of your life. And if you can make it through the spring... You can make it through the heat of the summer. You can enjoy the blessings of September. Look at the big picture. Don't just look at what you're dealing with right now. It would be better that you get to September with the person that you married when you were in the spring, the person that you have a relationship with, the person that you love. It's not without hurdles. It's not without challenges, but you can make it through those challenges. You know, Brother Francis and Ms. Babs are going to continue to answer some of these questions on that website to just try to help as many people as they can. We have coaches. You know, Tiger Woods has a coach. Professionals have coaches because nobody's good enough not to need a coach. And we have marriage coaches here in, in the church. We have 
we have older married couples that will walk with you. There's no reason for you to go at it alone. You know, whenever I looked at these list of questions that you had written here, some of you have some really deep-seated problems. There's no reason for you to continue to fight those problems alone. Just humble yourself enough to just get somebody to walk with you through those things. That's better than calling it quits or just jumping out. There's a solution. Amen? And this, what we've seen today, I mean, my heart is full. Isn't yours? To just see them in September, in October, but to see them enjoying the blessings of sticking with it. Amen? So, Brother Francis, would you just maybe just close us out in prayer and just pray for all the marriages and all the relationships that are represented here today? How many wants to be transparent with the one you should be transparent with? See, many times, because of communication, if the uh, wife is working for a boss, most probably that boss knows more about this woman than her husband does. That's how it is. We need to pay attention to each other. Father, give us help to continue building a strong relationship, a forgiving relationship, a kind relationship for all the children to see, for the neighbors to see. Father, help us to learn give you thanks and we'll give the glory to you on a daily basis we'll make decisions today and through these years I'll be with you I'll spend with you and believe me it gets better and better we are with each other in weakness and strengths but you have somebody that you can rely on don't quit and be blessed God bless you Amen Thank you Brother Francis Thank you Miss Babs God bless you Bless you sir Thank you